Acts 4, uh, and we have verses 23 to 31. Acts 4, 23 to 31. When they, were, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. This is the word of God. Thank you, Yvonne. Good morning, church. I am, <clears throat> I'm always amazed how the Lord put uh, the, the gathering, the worship service together. As my brother Bert was reading the Bible verses, I was, I was thinking how the same spirit is dwelling among, among us because he was using the verses that I I will not be using this morning, but you already heard them that speak about the same we are going to be talking this morning. So let's, let's praise God for His Spirit among us this morning. And let's start with a word of prayer. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit in this place. Thank you for the way that you put together everything to give glory to you, Lord. And now that we open your word, we pray that our hearts are, will be ready to hear you speak to us. That our ears, our eyes will be wide open to listen and to obey. In Jesus' name, we pray. We pray, amen. Amen. We have been, we have been um, looking into chapter 4 of the book of Acts. Um, I, for two Sundays by, by, by now, and you remember Peter and John were walking into the temple, and they encounter a man uh, born crippled. The disciples, in the name of Jesus, healed the man. And he got up and started shouting about God and about what God has done, had done for him. But then Peter 
preached a sermon that led 5,000 5, men to faith in Jesus Christ. Just 5,000 at the same time. But this makes the political and religious leaders in charge very, very angry. So they commanded Peter and John to stop preaching Jesus and threatening and tell them to stop and then they let them go. If it had been me, knowing that these are the same people that killed Jesus, I would have gone to my home, bought a ticket to my country, pack my things, take my family, and flown away never to come back. I don't want that kind of, that kind of trouble. Who wants it, right? But not Peter and John. They went to meet their friends and they told them everything that had happened. They didn't go running and hiding away. Instead, they had a gathering to worship and to pray. This morning, I would like to share with you the reason why they decided to worship and pray instead of running away. First, they worshipped. Why did they worship? Well, let me give you three reasons why they worshipped. Reason number one, they worshipped because they knew God as the creator. If you go with me to verse 24, and we read together that verse uh, in chapter 4, verse 24, it says, and when they heard it, the rest of the friends, the rest of the disciples, when they heard it, they lifted their voices to God and said, Sovereign Lord. What they said? Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything. Notice first the unity. When they got together, they worshiped. And their worship was not based on a preference of music style. They were not choosing, I love this music. That is more, more for my age. Or I love this other music. When they get together, they didn't choose the type of service, a traditional service or a contemporary service. Their worship was unified only only in their understanding of God as the creator who is Lord over all. That was their unity. True worship, my friends. Powerful worship in our gatherings comes when we understand that God is not 
a cosmic force or, or, or an impersonal power that holds all things together. True worship is the knowledge of the personal God that makes the made the heaven and the earth and everything in them, including you and me. That is true worship when we know who God is. And if we don't worship God as the Lord and Creator, we will be worshiping, we will be worshiping another God with the little G, but not the true God. And these, doing these, we are going to be uh, is the Bible call it idolatry? Or the other name that the Bible gives to that is false worshipped. The word Lord that they use here when they were saying uh, in, in, in this um, uh, verse 24, Sovereign Lord, the Lord that they use in this verse is not the usual word that the, word, the New Testament used for Lord. It's the Greek word despotes. You know the translation to English, right? Despot. <laughs> Lord, Yes. But the translation, the meaning of this Lord, the biblical meaning of this Lord is sovereign Lord, a term describing a slave owner or ruler who had a power that couldn't be questioned. When they were saying, Lord, they were saying to God, you are our owner. You are the creator and we belong to you. Their worship was based on the knowledge of God, the creator, the one who owns everything, the one who rules, the one who is in charge. Not the Romans, not the Jews, not the church, but God. These believers might have worshipped like this. Sovereign Lord, you are our owner. We are your slaves. You can do with them and you can do with us as you please. As you please receive our worship. So reason number one they worshipped because they knew God as the creator. But reason number two, they worshipped because they knew God in light of the scriptures. As they prayed, they remembered the truth of the holy scriptures in Psalms 2, a messianic psalm about God's anointed one. They were quoting David, and the believers worshipped with the scriptures. If we read with me verse, verse 25, it says, what, This is what you 
talk about. This is what through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit thousand years ago. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. If you take some time today to read Psalm 2, you will find that it declares how great God is and how he laughs at his enemies. Amen. The nations and the kings of the earth try to stop God's anointed one, but they fail. Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles and the people of Israel did all they could to stop Jesus, but Jesus rose from the grave. And now he is sitting at the right hand of God the Father, and every knee one day will bow before him. Some will bow willingly, others will have no choice. But Psalms 2 ends when God is calling everybody, all the kings of the earth and all that inhabit the earth, saying in verse 12, nations, peoples, worship, kiss the son. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. Look at the hope that he gives at the end of this psalm too. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Worship the son. Worship the son. The scriptures will always lead you to a burst of worship. That is what happened in at first con church of Jerusalem. They worshiped during the hard times. They were saying to the Lord, Lord, this persecution has not taken you by surprise. Through the scriptures, we understand that all things works for the good of those who love God. The Bible, this book, is a book of worship. It points to the hope that God knows everything and that he is in control of everything. Yes, he is in control of everything that we are experiencing right now, here and now, in this time that we are living in. But not just what is happening in the world, what is happening inside of you. He knows everything. He controls everything. 
And everything that we are experiencing in our lives is under His control. But the Scriptures, the Bible, bring us the hope that we need in times of trial and brings the hope that makes us sing before Him, to worship Him. That's why the disciples were worshiping the Lord. Through the scriptures, we know that everything that is happening right now is in your plans. They worship because they knew God as the creator. They worship because they knew God in light of the scriptures. And third reason is they worship because they knew God's sovereignty. Speaking of Herod, Herod and Pilate and the Gentiles and the Jews, the believers praise, prayed in verse 27 and 28. And they were saying, if you read it with me, for truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed according to Psalm 2. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to do whatever, listen to this, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Yes. <laughs> Nothing is out of God's control. Predestination it's not the word we use very often. The meaning is that God is in charge of everything that happens. Nothing takes him by surprise. Herod didn't take Herod didn't take God by surprise when he mocked Jesus, telling him. Are you the king of the Jews? Pontius Pilate didn't take God by surprise when he washed his hands. The Romans and the people of Israel didn't take God by surprise when they cried, crucify him. They did what God had already predestined. Because God is sovereign. This part of worship is very difficult to understand. Because it is very difficult to worship God when things are not going well. But God's sovereignty means that He controls everything. The bad and the good. And before we blame God for the injustice, the evil in the world, the pain and the suffering, we need to understand one thing. When God speaks, 
about his sovereignty. He always uses his son as a point of reference. In his sovereignty, he submitted his own son, son to injustice, to pain, and to suffering. His son experienced the cross with one purpose in mind. The one day, the pain will end. And while we still experience, experience injustice and suffering, we wait for the day when he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. Because in God's sovereignty, one day that will end too. Talking about God's sovereignty, J.I. Packer said, People treat God's sovereignty as a matter of controversy. But in Scripture, it is a matter of worship. So the first thing the believers did was to worship. But the second thing they did was to pray. Why did they pray? Let me give you two reasons. Reason number one, they prayed because they knew God's will. This is what they said in verse 29, if you read it with me. And now, Lord, look upon their threats. And grant to your servants to what? To continue to speak your word with boldness. Do you hear that? The believers prayed for more boldness. Essentially, they were praying for more trouble. Notice that they already knew what God wanted them to do. They knew God's will, and they pray to do God's will. Their prayer was not different from God's commission to preach the gospel. It would have been easy for the believers to pray for the Lord to take away their suffering. I would have prayed for that. But they pray for boldness to continue 
preaching the gospel because that was the will of God. Now, do you think the will of God has changed after 2,000 years? No. No, right? Okay. <laughs> so the question is, what is our prayer these days? Every Sunday we pray together that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will is the same. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But don't we many times pray for our own will to be done? What if praying for safety and security stops us from telling others what God has done for us? What would happen if in his will the Lord took away our comfort and security in order to reach our neighbors or our co-workers or the rest of our family? Would we pray for that? <laughs> That's what these believers were doing, praying for boldness instead of security. Praying for boldness instead of the things they wanted. So reason number one, they pray because they knew God's will. But reason number two, they pray because they wanted to give to God the glory. Look at the next verse. It says in verse 30, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant. Let's read the 29. So then we have a, a little bit of context. And now look, Lord, look, uh, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Notice that they were not asking God to allow them to perform miracles themselves. They understood that the signs and wonders were to give glory to God through Jesus. They were but instruments in God's hands. 
to bring all the attention to Jesus Christ. That's what they were praying for boldness. We want them to see what we already have seen. Jesus Christ. You know, the result was there in verse 31, if you read it with me. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Don't you want that for our church? Let me close with this. The place we choose to worship should be a place we recognize God as the creator. Should be a place who worship the God of the scriptures and the God who is in control of everything. And the place that we choose to worship should be the place where we go to pray for God's will and for God's glory. My prayer this morning is that we, first come, will be that place where the name of Jesus is lifted up all the time while we gather together. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the things that we can see as your will for us at first come. Help us to worship you as the creator, as the God revealed through the Holy Scriptures, as the God who is in control, and to pray for your will and for your fame. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing together this final song.